Well, hello everybody, welcome to episode 185, that is 185, it's the Ines Wolves Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Judah, and this is an interesting show, it's a very special show, it's a very unique show, because we have got no Joe Edwards this week, he is holidaying in Wolverhampton himself, we have upgraded, and we have upgraded in a massive way. The voice of Wolverhampton, the saint of Solihull, the man who put the O in Moutinho. Um, play a little bit of this. Douglas with the corner, left footed from the left hand side. Again, plenty of gold shirts to aim for. In it goes, whips to the edge of the six yard box. It was just over the top of Bolly. Comes out to Neves, flicks it up. It's on the money! Oh, welcome to the show, the second time he's been on, Mr. Mikey Burrows, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks mate, for having me. Mate, great, great to have you on. When, when, you, um, when you see a piece of sheer brilliance like that, something that you will remember, I think we will all remember who were in that stadium for the rest of our lives, how do the words come out? Is it just, you know, because you, you can't... You can't practice that. Does that ju- does that just come out of your of your voice? Is that just something that you know you're naturally born with? Have you had to work on it, or is it just what you say what you see? Um, I think there's a, there's an element of having obviously commentated for a long, long time now. Um, this is my twelfth season wow. covering Wolves. Wow. Um, before that, I covered had a season covering MK Dons, um, which I don't think I've ever talked to you <laughs> about before, and um, but I did all that so. You kind of been in it for a while, but you and I think I told you before. I actually kind of started by practicing commentating on my own, like FIFA and Pro Evo games. <laughs> so technically, I've probably been commentating for about twenty odd years. <laughs> but it, it's just like stuff happens, and I, I'm not one of those people that like writes any lines beforehand or thinks generally about stuff that you're going to say in the moment. Yeah, it's just you react to what you see, and sometimes you get it right. A lot of the time, I get it wrong, but that's the that's the nature of, of being a football commentator. Are, are there other people who who definitely rehearse and practice? I'm sure there are some, and you know, look, like I, I would be lying if I said that I when we went to Germany, if I hadn't started to think of what I might say if certain things happened. Yeah, in that Europa League run, but generally. It's just because, you know, you can't predict anything. That's the beauty of football. It's mm. completely unpredictable. You know, if I, I could sit there beforehand and write, uh, you know, 20 lines about if each player is going to score. But I don't know who's playing. I don't know what the situation would be. I could write an incredible Pedro Neto line and then nothing happens in the game for him. He doesn't come off the bench. Sure, or anything. sure. So, you know, I do an awful lot of research as it is. I, I, I'm too lazy to bother to plan out anything <laughs> like that. Well, me and you both, mate. Um how was it, how has it been for you though lockdown? I mean, we spoke to you. I think it was I think it was probably the week before, even days before the first lockdown. Uh, when you when you came around to shade, you were doing this virtually at this moment in time. Uh, you got all dressed up, ready to go, thinking this was this was a video one. We're not we're not we're not that advanced the Express and Star, mate. We're still old school. We're still still got the old microphone over audio, but you, you've you've got a beautiful backdrop. So I've taken a picture, so I will tweet that out with this podcast. Um, what what's it what's it been like? Uh, just generally, I guess. I mean. You know, I, for people who don't know, Mikey lives pretty close to me, so uh, we do. We we've, it's been nice to have the odd natter across the wall, uh, uh, social distancing uh, throughout the the craziness of lockdown, and then even when uh, when this month has happened as well, it's been a uh, it's been good just to. Well, I know sometimes I can't meet you, but I know you've been with uh, some of the uh, some of the little gifts you leave me on the uh, on, say, my, on my brick wall. Were you, you going to bring this up? Oh yeah, mate, it's getting brought up. <laughs> 
<laughs> so Mikey, um, Mikey leaves me certain certain things to say. He's been well. I had, I might get a, I might get a video call once in a while where I see my house, uh, which is slightly disturbing. Uh, but we have got a ring doorbell, which helps. Uh, but he definitely leaves me some some little presents, some little bonuses. At the moment, we've got um, I've got a, a, a beautiful pattern of conkers uh, with the initials NJ that's right on my gate at the moment, which I haven't haven't uh, actually dissembled <laughs> because I'm quite proud of it. I know I walked past yesterday and I was really delighted to see that they were still completely in, in position because that was the, the last remnants of a gigantic pile of conkers that I'd left. It started off, I think I left like one or two and we ended up going for a coffee when it was obviously it was all allowed and coffee yeah. shops were open and I said to you like I'd been past your house and left you something and you were like, oh, I thought you'd have done more. So every time I walked through the park, I just kept filling my pockets to the point where it was just a ridiculous mound of conkers. And every time I left it, I kept thinking, because obviously you live in a much posher pit than I do. I kept thinking, like, what are his neighbours thinking? Because when I'm out walking, I've got, I'm like, pretty much got all the black, like a big black coat, uh, got... um, black beanie hat yeah yeah uh, like a from a snood yeah you're fully you're fully kitted up mate you're fully ninjured so it's like i kept thinking what are they thinking that i this guy's just rocking up emptying his pockets of conkers taking Uh, a photo clearly laughing to himself and then walking off especially with it and you know the old neighborhood watch groups mate you must have them around you are i mean they're brilliant for comedy value to be honest you know sketchy man walking outside house looking looking at cars we actually had one of them uh, the other day, and uh, there was someone up the road, and there was a guy who said, "This guy was this guy was looking at this car, um, and he looked he didn't look very he didn't look very trustworthy." So at number whatever, um, just watch this guy, and then people are like, "Don't be stupid! Like you can't say that in this night." You know, people are allowed to just observe different houses and have a look and have a smile on the face. You've been way too, um, you know. Way, way too, way too judgmental. Uh, following week, both cars on the drive got stolen. Oh wow! I know, I know. Not great, not great in this area. But uh, yeah, it's, I mean, uh, people will stop outside your house anyway because you had Halloween decorations up in August. We, we <laughs> so, and you went fully to town with it as well. So there was absolutely reason for people to stop outside your house. Oh man, I got some stick this week because it was. I think it was Sunday. This this Sunday just gone and. We sat there and we're like, there's nothing else to do. I thought, bugger it. Let's just flipping put the Christmas tree up. Because, you know, we've got... And we did go all... We, we went fully proper Christmas tree for two or three years. But I can't be doing with the needles. I can't be doing with picking it up and hoovering. You've got the dogs and stuff like that around. And you've got needles in the paws. So we've gone... We bought like a really nice fake tree. I mean, it costs like a couple hundred quid or whatever. So it's lovely. Really good. Easy to assemble. And to be honest, we did it in a couple of hours and put all the baubles on and stuff. And it makes me feel makes me feel so so happy just looking at it. I don't care whether December the first, I'll be an advocate for December the first any other year. But in 2020, I don't care when you put it up. As long as it puts a smile on your face, if you gives it gives you a little bit of a mental break, then I think it's I think it's fine. Is your tree one of those that's got like you can control the LED lights? Yes, yes, it is. Yes, yes. Yeah, we've got four four different settings. There's flashing white. There's there's just general white, which we've got on at the moment. Then there's color, and then flashing color. Actually, I think there might be five. There might be an amalgamation of white and color flashing, but that's just that's just too cray cray for me. So yeah, just natural natural bit of light at the moment. Uh, but yeah, I like it, mate. Got the fire on. The old like fake electric fire as well. So you feel you feel cozy. You feel like you're in a you know in, in an episode of Game of Thrones. Well, you, I mean, this is part of the the really weird thing for me at the minute because we are still so early into the season, mm. and yet. It's like coming up to Christmas time. Yeah. Like, and it felt really weird the other week when I kind of put, um, because obviously I sit there and can't move for about three hours or so. So I I have kind of all the thermals on underneath my Wolves gear and stuff. Mm. And like, I felt really strange putting it on like six games into a season. That felt really (laughs) stupid to me. And yet it, it was like October, November. Yeah, it is. It is crazy, and I, think, and I think sometime we'll come on to this in a bit. But I think sometimes the fans need to remember that it is not halfway through the season. It is, you know, we're, we're, is it is it a quarter? Maybe just a quarter just gone, is it, or a little bit more than a quarter? But it's uh, 
it's not it's not it's not been a terrible start i don't think it has and we'll, we'll discuss the form later on from you from your point of view mikey uh how how has your role changed with uh with the restrictions um you know you've got some different shows that you that you put together uh, you obviously got the wolves match day live which is which is great how, how do you feel doing your job and, and and doing your role in this current environment i mean i guess first of all very privileged oh yeah i mean the it's a it's a double-edged thing really because um we are incredibly fortunate to be allowed into the stadiums and i know that you're not allowed in every time especially away games away games yeah and and i've been incredibly lucky to go to these things and i felt it the most when we were out in germany because uh, you know there was pretty much nobody there and yeah to know what that would have meant to so many people to have been lucky enough to see wolves in person in a european quarterfinal mm. it's really humbling to, to actually have been the person to have been there because even tomo couldn't come yeah you know and, it's tough yeah and that's the kind of the level it was at um but on the other side of it it is a really strange experience because it's silent mm. and obviously doing a rate like when you watch it on the tv and you have the pumped in crowd noise yeah that I think, you know, and I get it sometimes when I watch it on the TV, you, know, you can, because you get distracted, you're not watching it constantly and sure. you just hear it and it, it, it brings some semblance of normality to it. You know it's not quite right because you can't see a crowd. Yeah. But like when you're actually there and you're reliant when we're doing the radio commentary of me having to speak and Tomo speaking and when we don't, there's nothing. Mm. or there's the faint Mm. shout for the pitch yeah of course it's so and i got i was i had a little taste of it obviously doing the under 23s coverage that we've done in the last two seasons you know you don't get big crowds under 23 Mm. games especially at training grounds but it's just you turn up i I, the thing i found really hard and i again i apologize to anyone who listens to this and goes well you're lucky enough to be there the thing i found really hard is the sense of occasion has gone yeah. So, like, when we played Man City early on in the season, like, the memory immediately goes back to the game, 27th of December 2019, mm-hmm. the incredible comeback, the noise, the atmosphere was probably one of the best I've ever experienced in my life. Yeah. And and that memory, opposed to the sound that was in there, is just, it just doesn't feel right. And I keep saying, like, you know, I so wish fans can get back. And I don't know whether 1,000, 2,000, 4,000, whether it would make a huge amount of difference. Sure. It's just the ability just for some. people to be there and to share in it a little bit. Mm. I think, you know, I know you want to get onto it in a bit. Like, I don't know whether that's just affecting the idea, you know, that people are finding it hard to to really engage and share with, with what's going on at the minute because people can't be there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And um, what's what's it like um, for the listeners? I mean, I guess your listeners have grown incredibly with uh, with the amount of people that can't go to the games. It must be the first one of the, one of the first ports of call to to try and to try and you know get your viewpoint on on things. Well, what we've tried to do is, I mean, look, we were pretty honest right at the start. We had a big conversation about it, and we said, look, if every game's on TV we are you know people are not going to necessarily come directly to us because they can watch it and absolutely i completely understand people want to watch the game rather than just listen to it so we've tried to provide something that's kind of a wraparound to the tv Mm. coverage to say you know look the tv coverage is not necessarily going to be wolves focused it's certainly not going to be as biased as we are so we're providing something for you to have on your laptop or your ipad or your phone that you can listen to us and watch us um during the build-up and half time and post-match and then if you want to you can pause your tv and get the sound synced i know some people do that yeah um, but otherwise you know you can kind of come back to us at those key stages of the game so we're trying to provide something a little bit different you know we've already we've always had lots of listeners around the world who can watch the games anyway but they like to have the sound of us Mm. Um, and like to get the views of, of people like Tomo and Carl Ikemi and Chris Awelamo. And we've had an incredible range of people that have come on and spoken, you know, whether it's just for a couple of minutes pre-game or, you know, as pundits for the yeah. whole thing. 
that um, I really enjoyed it in a strange way. I, I never thought we'd get to this thing. I always liked having extra voices. I've always thought that if it was just me and Tomo, sometimes it can get you know a little bit stale because we've been doing it for an awful long time and people have heard what we think about stuff. Mm. Um, so to have those extra voices on, I think has given something really different. And also we, you know, we we do tend to get players, current players joining us post game from yeah. the tunnel you know we chuck them a phone and a pair of headphones and they join in the conversation and the pundits ask questions and they can ask questions that i can't because they've played the game you know sure. they understand it in a different way and i think it, it's produced a, a really interesting and hopefully enjoyable content for people to try and engage with what's happening no it's been great mate absolutely i think i think it's been a fantastic uh, addition and uh, you know when fans do come back, is it something that you'll that you'll continue to do, or will you will you just have, will you um, you know cross that bridge when you come to it? I think cross it when we come to it. I, I'd love to continue it. I really mm. would. Um, there, there's a there's a slight technical element where yes. um, it takes a lot of kit and equipment. It does and luckily, obviously, because of the spacing in press boxes at the minute, we have the room to have all this stuff. Um, you know, the nightmare is that we go back to. Um, everybody being squashed in the press box at somewhere like Everton and I simply don't have the room to have a laptop out, let alone all the extra equipment. But you know, look if people like it and they and, you know and people say they still want it, then great. You know, let us know and I can always put that forwards and, and try and keep it going. Well, fortunately slash un- unfortunately, depending which way you look at it, Mikey, um, is, is that you're going to have plenty of space going forward, at least for the short term, with uh, with Wolverhampton being on tier three, as as I think a lot of people expected. Uh, just been announced today, so you, you've got to be. Re- it's not as if this is going to change week to week, is it? You're looking at probably into the new year before we get to see some kind of amount of, you know, a couple of thousand fans come into the games. Uh, but I think you know what you guys do have been great, and I think for mental health, you know, and people listening to it and getting that extra bit of experience, it's been it's been really important. So so congratulations on that. Well, away from this, Mikey, what's your what's your what's your go to? What's your what's your escapism? What's your what kind of shows have you got into? What's your Netflix go to at the moment? Uh, you know, what do you do to try and just just relax? Um, I I didn't have Netflix at the start of first lockdown I, wow. I got rid of it for a while because i never really watched it so mm. uh, during lockdown i did get netflix and so i'm really late to the party on a lot of things like yeah lost have you started to be now yeah no i'm not but done, bull, I, bullseye series one i've gone through narcos the first two seasons i haven't seen that um i've now i've pretty much been binging last couple of days the crown Oh, I haven't seen that either. Is it good? Ah, uh, yeah, because I, I I like history and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so I like stuff that's got like a, a sense of realism to it. Um, you find yourself going down really weird, um, documentary type series on stuff. Definitely. Um, I like a good murder, Mikey. To be honest, oh, I like a good unsolved mystery. I like it. You know, I, I like something that's, that's that disturbs me. I, the thing is, I'm one of those people that I, I need to know the outcome. Okay, you don't want it. You don't want it open ended at the end. Yeah, so like making a murderer, or there was mm. one recently I watched called The Staircase. Ooh, I haven't seen that. Um, which like it, it frustrates me because I want to know what happened. Okay. Whereas like a documentary series, like have you seen? I think it's called Wild Wild Country. Mm-mm. It's like honestly, it's the this kind of almost like um like a it's in Wild Wild West. Very disappointing. Well, that yeah, that's a terrible film. Um, like this group that like moved from India to Oregon I think in the US you'd love it okay like honestly it the stuff that goes on I I badgered my sister to watch it for ages and ages she was like no this doesn't sound very good and then she watched it and she was messaging me all the way through it going I can't believe the stuff that's happening in it that's my what's it called wild wild what wild wild country I think okay that sounds quite good actually I'm gonna write that down now wild wild country I mean, it's got the American angle, so you know that's that's what you ticks a box, mate. Yeah, of course, exactly. I'll take that. I, I must admit, I'm, I mean, you're, you've seen a little bit more highbrow than me when it comes to comes to TV. I mean, like I say, I think I put on Twitter the other day. My my go to uh, has been like a Coral EastEnders Master Chef. I'm a Celebrity Bake Off has been my week so far. But my my best show that I'm thoroughly enjoying at the moment. It's more of a, it's more of a morning show to be honest, you're having your breakfast. Channel five can't pay will take it away. Oh <laughs> yes. right. 
is absolutely superb. It's just brilliant viewing. I can't get enough. There's five series of it. For people who don't know, it's basically following these high court officers who come to either repossess a house or, or collect debts that are unpaid. And uh, I don't know why, because it seems like a terrible premise for a show, but it's genuinely thoroughly absorbing. I like the one on BBC, the sheriffs are coming. I'm, oh, I'm obsessed the with the coming, sheriffs really. are coming. I love that show. <laughs> that, Ramsey's Kitchen Nightmares, USA. Oh, yeah, yeah, old school, yeah. And, and at times, like, Undercover Boss. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, to mind Undercover Boss. Because you're always watching it going, how do these people not know that they're on Undercover Boss? <laughs> like, this guy's turned up, clearly wearing a disguise, and, like, he's an older guy, but he's training, in air quotes. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course, thing. yeah. To flip burgers. Yeah, and he just and he just so happens that he wants to find out not just about how the business works, but about your personal life in a way that <laughs> nobody would ask you if they'd only met you 10 minutes ago. And there's also flashbacks to the family in the family home that they must have pre-recorded before that show even comes out. But it's a big it's a big shock anyway. But, you know, like you say, it gets me through an hour, so it, it's it's all good. Um, I guess we better talk some football, mate. Yeah, let's, 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 let's talk uh, 20 minutes in. Uh, welcome to the Ines Wolves podcast, everyone. Um, Wolves, uh, Wolves won Southampton won, Mikey. What a bizarre game of football. I'm not just talking about the result and the way it went, but there's so much going on before the game, team sheet-wise, formation-wise, changing a formation, uh, frantic Wolves, and you know a, a, a pretty poor first half, but with chances, and then an incredible last 20 minutes. It had everything, really. And I, I think some fans are still pretty peeved off with what they saw, but I mean, I think from... from, from covering the games recently at home, and probably you're the same. I've gone away thinking that there was a lot more that went on in that game than probably three or four combined this season. Well, I think I, I said after the game that they had, um, I think, double the amount of efforts um, than in the entirety of the Leicester game mm. in that match. And, you know, you look second half, um, obviously possession kind of went up and stuff. I don't, I don't think possession is ever... Uh, a huge barometer of how Wolves are playing because we know they are more than capable of winning a game with 30% sure. of the ball. Yeah. Um, I, I just think when you look at um, the fo- the back four thing was was uh, I, I, actually quite a shock. Mm. Because we, shock to you guys as well, do you think? Yeah, yeah? I mean, you know, I, I let people in on a thing where there is a system when they put the team sheets in, right? So mm. it's like a Premier League system and, and we get yeah. access to it and, and stuff like that. So I know 15 minutes before the teams are officially announced. Sure, I think you, Sky, and a few others, don't they, that yeah. you, you've got access to them, yeah. And so um, but we don't get, like, the shape, so you just get the list of names for both teams. Yeah. Um, and so we're looking at it and we're like, well, is that, like... Is Dendonka going to play there? Dendonka, yeah, yeah. Are they going to try and like move Kilman in? And you're kind of looking around, and you kind of go, and I'm kind of saying, well, maybe they're just going to go with four. And we're like, no, <laughs> not going to go with four. Like, no, no, I've never played four. But, like my mates are going to me, like, what are you talking about? That's not a thing. And I'm like, well, yeah. maybe. And if you watch back the the build up on Match Day Live Extra, there is a point where I'm like Plug. trying to say to the guys, like, could could they? play four at the back mm. and everyone's like and even Keems and Chris Wellamo and everyone's like well no it must be this yeah because you know and there's reasons for this blah 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 right so, and it actually during the first half I bought well even when Wolves put the team sheet out it didn't, it didn't show four at the back did it either well, yeah this is the thing you know we just presumed you know that it would be three at the back because <laughs> that's what Nuno's done because I actually brought it up in the first half I found the the lineup from the last time Wolves played four at the back, which was oh, right, okay. Paul Lambert's final game, final game of the season, a home win over Preston, I think I'm right in saying. And it was Cody right back, Danny Bart, Courtney Hawes and Silvio. Wow. It was the back four, because I was trying to get Tomo to guess. Silvio? Yeah, Silvio played Bloody in hell. Incredible. And like, I was trying to get Tomo to guess who was that back four. Um, and so, you know, it's been that long that long since they'd played four at the back. I thought they did well. I thought they did well. I, I thought, and I think people have got to realise that some, it takes a bit of a while to change a formation. I know they would have done that in the training ground, but it, you know, with Connor Cody's situation being up in the air as well, it's very difficult to adapt. And to be honest, 
Yeah, there were a couple of ropey, ropey times and I thought Willie Bolly looked a little bit nervous for the first 15, 20 minutes. But when they got into it, I quite enjoyed it and it gave them a different dimension, especially going forward. And like you say, the chances that they created in that game, not just in the last 20 minutes, but throughout. I mean, Wolves could quite easily have been ahead in that half if it wasn't for a fantastic double save by Alex McCarthy, who, by the way, was far and away the man of the match in that game for them. He pulled off an incredible amount of saves. Um... I think it's something that that potentially, and we can talk about the Connor Cody situation here now, that they could they could at least they might not roll with it against Arsenal. They might go to a back you know back three, but something that gives Nuno a different option now, a completely different option going forward. Yeah, I think you know. Look, it's also worth remembering that the majority of that squad were all away on international duty. And so many of them didn't get back to late. They had a little benefit, obviously, the game being Monday rather than Saturday. If it was Saturday, yeah. then I'm not sure they would have made that change because they simply wouldn't have had any time to work on it at all. But you're kind of talking, you know, a bit like the Sheffield United game at the start of the season coming off the back of an international break where mm. you, you're talking a couple of days max and some yeah. of those players are still recovering from the travelling and the games they've played for their countries. And, you know, I, I said on the thing that even Willie Bolly had gone away now with Ivory Coast yeah. so you know it's not like you had a huge amount of numbers around the training ground to simply try and work on that so for them to actually barring one one slight error that cost them the goal you mm-hmm. know Southampton had a couple of opportunities but again it's not like Rui Patricio was was being pelted with anything you're right yeah McCarthy was far more the busier goalkeeper and I think they, you know, they can go away with that and say, actually, they did pretty well. I think it's also worth pointing out that sometimes we reference, because we don't see all their games, we reference our view of Southampton as to the Southampton team that we've played either last year or the year before mm-hmm. and the position they've been in the table. You know, We had Francis Benali on, on our Matchday Live Extra build-up ahead of the game on Monday, and we were talking about the fact that this is Southampton's best ever start to a Premier League season. I know that's only back yeah. to 92. But you know that tells you something, that this is a, actually a pretty good Southampton team. The way they play, they are in your face. In the first half, they did not give the Wolves back four a chance to, to get on the ball, to settle, to play. And it takes time to adapt and, and move it around. And as we've seen, and we've seen so many times with this Wolves team, that once they get to grips with what the opposition are doing, Wolves get stronger and stronger. And that's why they score more goals in the second half. That's why they're capable of coming back and getting back into games because they are a team that are capable of recovering from difficult positions. Talk about uh, goals and support for for Raul and, and you know losing... The likes of Diogo and, and and Doc from the side and second and third goal highest goal scorers last season. Can you can you get a team that includes Raúl, Adama, Daniel, and of course Neto in the same team? Can is that something that they can that they can do going forward, or was this just exceptional circumstances? I like the way you're on first name terms with everyone apart from Pedro Neto, by the way. <laughs> Oh yeah, Raúl, Adama, Daniel, and then just Neto. <laughs> Neto, come on, is Pedro? Go, go with it. Um, Pedders. I, I, I think. I mean, if the the general question is, can you? Well, yeah, of course you can. You can, you can do whatever. <laughs> yeah, you go. Um, would they? I, I'm less than certain on that, just because um, I think you know what we have seen over the last couple of years is a set way of playing. Um, it can be adaptable, as we've seen. We played four at the back on Monday. No one ever thought we'd ever do that. Mm. So there is there is ways they can possibly change. Um, I'm not going to sit here and, and tell Nuno what to do. I would never ever consider it. He's clearly, um, over the basis of the last couple of seasons, continually adap- adapted and evolved the way the team has gone about it. If he thinks it's right, then... Let's give it a go. If not, then trust in what he's doing. So I was surprised Neto didn't start. I think it was one of the best players this season. However, he's come off the bench and scored. So you can look at it one of two ways, can't you? It was an impact sub. It was perfect. But this is um, the best thing, though, Nath. Like, sorry to jump in. But like, yeah, yeah, go. like genuinely, this season, there are real options. Like, mm. you know, the last couple of years, and maybe the big criticism of the last season was that we generally knew what the team was going to be. 
Sure. Now, you look at it, like I was saying to the boys after the game on, on Monday, you're like, well, you know, you've got... you've the but Like, Chris Wellamo is adamant you've got to give Adama Traore a run of games. That's his mm. view. Okay. But then you, I was saying to him, well, then you've got to take out one of Pedenz and Neto. Yeah. And both of them are playing well. And both it's of- a nightmare for my fantasy team. Who do I play? Yeah. I'm up... <laughs> I dropped I drop Pedence thinking Damo was going to come on for him and carried on with Neto and it worked out in the, okay in the end. But it's, uh, I don't know who's going to happen from game to game. But this is a positive. This is yeah. a real positive that they have the choice and they have the options. And they, you know, and we're talking about do they stay at four at the back or go back to three and what do they do in the, sh- in the shape of the midfield? Like, mm. this, is, this is good. This is what we need. Because if we don't know, the opposition haven't got a clue either, which is great. Yeah, but this is what you need. You need options. You need players. And some players can come off the bench and and provide an impact, like Pedro Neto did on Monday. Mm-hmm. Adama Traore has been doing that role before. Like, yeah, th- this is a to me, this is a bonus that they have players now who the squad is more of an option. There's more players to come from the bench that can come on and make an impact. I was really interested to see Vitinha come on as well on Monday. Mm. I've not seen him for a mm. couple of weeks. I watched him for the 23s at Palace and he, he buzzed around the whole place and got involved and I can't, I do admit I like him as a player. So, Well, I'd be interested to see what you, I mean, because a lot of people haven't seen a lot of Vitini. I was going to come on to that but you've, you've seen more of others with the with the 23s and, and travelling in midweek. What, what what kind of player is Vitini? Because we've seen very little of him but what I've seen, I, I haven't been disappointed. He, he I say, he's very busy he gets on, likes to get on the ball, likes to keep moving. Um, it, it, you know, I, I would love to see the the tracking stats for his game against Crystal Palace in the under twenty threes because for ninety minutes, I don't think I saw him stand still once. And you know, there, there might be some midfielders who say like, well, you know, you've got to pause at some point to take a view of the game. But he looked, he looked impressive to me. He looked a step mm. above. And you know, Palace were playing Benteke. Uh, Tomkins, Kelly, you know, there was some experience in that Palace team. And, yeah. And he looked good. It's the only one he's played so far for the 23s. Um, but I liked what I saw. And I liked what I saw um, when he played against Stoke, especially his kind of willingness to, to get involved. And even on Monday night, it was, it was good to see him. You know, he just moves the ball. And sometimes mm. that's the thing, you know, we talk, I know there's some Wolves fans that will look at the team and go, what, what are they missing? And you go, okay, well, you know, do you want a midfielder who's going to you know, burst past four players and, and get into the box and stuff? And it's not really how Wolves play. Mm. What they play is they move the ball. And in order to do that, that's drawing out defenders. So when you're playing against a team who've got two banks of four or a bank of five and four and you've got to try and find a gap, you need to move the ball quickly. And from what I've seen, he can do that. Um. So ninth in the table, uh, played nine, fourteen games. Yeah, we're 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 not even, not even quarter of the way through the season really. But um, what do you make of the start? I mean, you know, it's a difficult December coming up. I think everybody knows that. We know that they've had a decent run of games, and uh, and now it comes to you know Arsenal away, Liverpool away, Villa at home, Chelsea at home. Burnley away, Spurs, Spurs at home, Man United away. That's a that's a difficult December. That's as more that's as difficult as they come. I'm one of these people, and you're going to hate me for this. That says there are like Nuno would say there are no easy games. There are no thing because you can like I know, yeah you're doing the boring thing to me at the minute. Like this is the this is the element. Oh, no, sorry, no, I wasn't. I was actually kissing my wife because she was oh, coming yeah. out. Oh. She was she was she was she was coming in and, and being very quiet on her tiptoes because she knew that we were on a podcast. Well, you're either calling your wife boring or calling me boring. <laughs> I was trying to blow her kisses like that. <laughs> well, <laughs> we've got a Zoom call going so we can we see each other. By the way, kisses? was that what you were doing? Really? <laughs> well, that as well, mate. That as well. But I don't want to get jealous. Um, so you because, know. like, the the point I'm making is that um, if you look at it at the start of the season, <laughs> very good timing though. Um, yeah, people would go, "Well, okay, Leicester, Southampton. You know, they're not the big six. They're not whatever." Actually, from what we've seen this season, they're two of the best teams going so far. So, you, it's, you never... There's the famous old thing, you never play the game on paper. Mm. And I look at that run of fixtures and go, well, you know, you're fine. You've got to play them. 
Yeah, you're of course. Play them any at any point. You know, you never know what's going to be around the corner. It's about on the day. Do Wolves have enough to get a result against those teams? And actually, mm-hmm. we're reading off a list of teams that Wolves have beaten in the last sure. few years. You know, mm-hmm. Liverpool being the one exception from the Premier League, and yet we all know from that game at Molyneux last season where Wolves absolutely took it to them and gave yeah. them a one hell of a scare. Absolutely. And even in the game at Anfield, do you remember? like where? Oh, yeah, I remember Neto scoring yeah. and, uh, and obviously they had the controversial goal as well. So, you know, they were, they more than met, met the match Mate, on that occasion as well. They celebrated, their players and their crowds celebrated like they'd won the league when they yeah. held on to that yeah. 1-0 result. Very true, very true. It's uh, it's going to be interesting, and like you say, and we'll come on to Arsenal in a bit after we've done some questions. That uh, I mean, goodness me, that, that that's a winnable game as the, as they come if Wolves play and if Wolves turn up. Um, the fan base is frustrated, Mike. I think the majority are frustrated, and I think it's a combination of a lot of different factors. From maybe the lack of goals, maybe maybe the style of play, and also I think you know not being able to get into Molyneux and voice there. You know, or show their support. I'm not going to say criticism. I say show their support in person. So I think it's a combination of things. Do you think that that's warranted? I mean, people are allowed to have their own, their own, um, you know, their own opinion on, on things. Or do you feel that maybe it's um, slightly clouded by the circumstances that we're in in this in this crazy pandemic? Everyone's entitled an opinion. That's first and foremost, and it's good to have different opinions and people see things differently. And there is nothing wrong with that. My personal opinion is that I think that you're right there is an element sometimes where um, people see the game differently when they're there in person to when you're watching it on tv or being forced to have to listen to me and tomo for 90 minutes like (laughs) the for instance the game do you remember the game against arsenal back in the summer where yes one nil down start the second half yeah for 15 20 minutes wolves absolutely took the game to arsenal they caused them tons mm-hmm. of problems. Traore, I think, hit the crossbar when he was clean through. And if there was a crowd in the stadium, the momentum that was being built would have felt completely different. Yeah, it, it was. Ta- it would have been tangible. You could because the mm-hmm. crowd, had got, you know, can sense something's about to happen, and they're building towards it, and it comes through. In the end, Wolves didn't score. Arsenal got the second, and people's viewpoints of that game is maybe slightly different to what it would have been had the crowd been there, had people been there and seen it in person and seen the way it goes. So I think there is an element to that, that, you know, unfortunately, because fans can't be in the stadium, they can't see everything. You know, you're reliant on what the camera is showing you, which is different to, as you know, from from when you're actually there inside the stadium. I think this Wolves team, they are... adapting like I said before and evolving in very small ways to what they've done previously you know there's no Johnny for instance at the minute Mm -hmm. through injury Mm -hmm. Matt Doherty's gone so Samedo's coming in and he's learning the way they're playing and he is you know growing in his fitness and the way he interacts with his teammates and it's a you know it's a young group as well that has to be said and they are they are making waves for it. And I think what I would say to people is maybe just the most difficult thing you can ever have in football is patience. Patience with what they're trying to do. It won't go perfect week in, week out. No. No team goes perfect week in, week out. Look at what's happening at Man City right now. No one would mm-hmm. have predicted the start of the season that they've had. This, mm-hmm. this, The majority of this group of players, Nave, had one of the most remarkable seasons anyone will ever have last season. Absolutely. Like, the amount of days that they simply had to be switched on for. And they yeah. had about two weeks off, and then they had to go straight back into it. It will take them time to adapt, to recover from everything they've been through. Raul Jimenez hasn't stopped for about four years now. Mm. Like, these guys are giving absolutely everything they are at times playing some really good stuff what we don't see is the the effort and hard work in certain other matches that people may not be as happy about 
like Leeds, for instance, where I came away from Leeds going, that was classic old school Nuno Wolves football. They mm. soaked up everything a young, exuberant, confident Leeds team were going to throw at them. Leeds barely had an effort on Wolves' goal. Rui Patricio barely made a save. Wolves came stronger, like I said earlier, second half, took advantage when the other team tired, got their goal and won the game. They walk away with three points. wasn't a classic, but that's what Wolves do. And that's why I say you have to trust the process that they take, they take into every game. They know what they're doing. They put it in there. They're not going to go out and play 90 mile an hour, control to have 100% of the ball, 60, 70% of the ball. But this Wolves team is more than capable of winning matches in the Premier League. And they will produce in good moments. And even if your dogs don't agree with me... He doesn't agree with you. I'm just going to point him out one second. But carry on. Hello. Me, I need to keep on to me that this Wolves team, uh, they are exciting. They are learning. They are growing. They are building. And put your faith in it. And I say, that's why I say patience is the hardest, hardest thing to have in life let alone in football but trust me I, I there are times when i look at this team and think they are really interesting and that's i think a good way to describe them they're an interesting team right now and hopefully we all hope it's going to get better and better i guess i guess you've got the you know with success becomes comes expectation and and i understand that i understand that um can this team, this season, are they capable of qualifying for European football next year? Or do you feel, well, I feel that we're going to see the best of this team next season if they're kept together. Or the majority, 90% are kept together. I think it's going to, I think it could be a fantastic season next year. But I think they'll still be fine this year. I'm not sure whether they're the cutout to finish in the top seven of this league. Do you feel different or do you feel that because of the nature of, of the craziness of this season, that if, if they can be there or thereabouts, they have actually got a very, very nice running? <laughs> yeah, there you go. You, you're trying to play it on paper again, aren't you? And looking at the runnings <laughs> and, the, and the kind of teams that are around there. Look, like I say, football is unpredictable. Can they, can they qualify for Europe? Of course they can. They've done it before. They've finished seventh two seasons in a row. They've, you know, they're, as I just said, they're more than capable of winning football matches. They're more than capable of beating all those teams in that division because they've done it. You know, that's not pie in the sky thinking. They've done it. You're right in that they are, as I say, they are young and they are going to get better. And that's the, obviously the progress. You know, they always talk about being on a, a trajectory where you are going up. And you might have occasional dip. That that happens. But it's about then continuing to go back up again. So you're always on that trajectory of going up in that kind of diagonal. And you might go down a little bit, come back up, down a little bit, come back up. But as long as you're going up, as long as you're working hard, progressing, improving. I know like I, I sound like I've, I, I'm just paraphrasing Nuno constantly, but that's what I've lived for the last three and a bit years, Nate. Like... Yeah. That's the attitude that they have. You know, they don't look back too much and they don't look forwards too much. Just live in the moment. Do what you can. Nuno once said to us, I always remember this, it was after Leeds away in the championship and he was in a quite a philosophical mood. And he was talking to us about aiming for perfection, right? Mm -hmm. But knowing that you will never achieve it. So there's a realism to it. And knowing that in order to get to that level, you have to do an incredible amount of hard work. You have to have some luck. Yeah. You have to have all those things to go with it. That's the target. Just do everything you can to try and get there. Very well put. Very well put, Nuno. Very well put, Mikey. We shall take some questions from the beautiful people before we preview uh, the game on Sunday night. Uh, we've got so many questions, Mikey, so we'll try and rattle okay. through them. Um, in other words, stop giving maybe, us long you know, answers, yeah? No, well, I have to do this with Joe all the time, to be honest. So it's it's fine, mate. I just have to rein him in. So, uh, but no, there's some really good questions. So I want to get to as many as we can. Uh, here we go. Paul Mansell. Paul Mansell says there is no doubt that Dendonka. By the way, do you, do you prefer saying a scorer with three syllables or two? Because like Dendonka is that quite nice, or do you prefer like you know like like a Neves or a, or you know a Moutinho? Uh, I think it just probably depends on 
on what the moment is within the game as to how long that kind of shout is going to be. <laughs> okay, I digress. There's no doubt that Dendonka works hard for the team and offers something different to Neves and Moutinho. Is he doing enough, though, considering he is meant to be the most forward-thinking of the midfield? No goals and no assists. I'm a massive fan of Leander Dendonka. Massive mm-hmm. fan. Um, I think he is uh, such a, an important part of the way that the team plays. Um, I, I, like I said earlier, the, I get that you know people look at what maybe the team is missing um, in terms of certain styles of players, but actually this team doesn't play with those styles of players. And I think what he provides, I think he's doing a very good job in that team. I'm a big fan of his. I like him a lot and I hope he keeps playing. Excellent. Freddie Evans, favourite interview with a Wolves player or member of staff over the last three years? Uh, oh, the last three years. Um, we did a podcast with Connor Cody. Um, part, of our new, part of our new series. Uh, old Goal Club, My Golden Game. It's available now. Oh, nice, nice. Uh, start start off with Dennis Second Irwin. Plug. Um, but there's loads of kind of random names in there. And uh, Cody did one. Um, where he talks about uh, Man United in the FA Cup quarterfinal. Um, and I love speaking to him anyway. I did about three interviews with him that week on different stuff, like his new contract, the podcast and other stuff. Um, yeah. He's a fascinating guy to listen to. Um, so go and check it out, everybody. Do you, have we, are you able to get a word yeah, in? Yeah, absolutely. Does he breathe? Absolutely, yeah. He's... He's, he's such. A, I mean, he's such a great interview. I'm just so pleased that the nation and, and the rest of the rest of the nations fall in love with him like like we do because you know we can we can wax lyrical about him week in week out. But the fact that he's done so well on the international stage and just genuinely with the with the media and the fans and you know the neutrals, it, it's it's great. You couldn't. He he deserves it more than anyone oh, else. Absolutely. Like I, I think. And do you know what was really nice about the whole England thing is like is is how mm. much like Wolves fans took that. Do you know what I mean? Like how yes. kind of happy and pleased for him everybody was. Yeah, and I know he really yeah. appreciates it. Like it, it's such a lovely thing. Like Julian Lescott once talked about it on again on our old Gold Club podcast, available to listen to now. Um, wow. Where he, uh, he, you know, he talked about even when he'd left the club and he like played for England and went to the Euros and stuff. Like I know mm. mates of mine that were like, yeah, that's our Julian. That is, you know, he's Wolves him. He started off like, and yeah. that's the thing. Like, it's the be- yeah. it's a beautiful ownership, and he embodies everything that I think I would want to be if I was a footballer. Like mm-hmm. the sheer enjoyment of it all. Yeah, like, hard working, incredibly hard working, but enjoying it is really really important. And good luck to him. Great stuff. Poco Drum says, uh, if you could go for a curry with one Wolves player slash manager that you've worked with, who would it be, past or present? Um, probably Codes would, would probably be yeah. funny. Um, Codes and Pedro Neto together would be funny. He's a character Neto, yeah. isn't he? He's a chari- he really is a character and he's, he's genuinely bubbly on and off the pitch. He's always got a smile on his face. He's a cheeky chappy, but he's, he's something, he could be something a bit special, yeah, I think. I, I've got a lot of time for Pedro. Um, we did his uh, new contract interview the other week and he turned up wearing this kind of coat that had a, a ridiculous lining, like something you would wear on the inside of it. <laughs> and I said to him, like, is that not reversible? And he like turned it inside out and he was like, it is. And he was so chuffed with himself and I watched him walk <laughs> off wearing this coat. Going, He's like, I'm going to wear this now, my friend. And I was like, <laughs> brilliant. Oh, I love him to bits. Um, Mick McCarthy would probably be the best answer to it. I don't know if you ever know this. This is way before your time. But Mick used to cool. take all the media out for a curry. I do, I do, I do know this. I do know this because there's an infamous, um, infamous moment about that. But I can't, I can't say that on, ca- on, on, on the microphone. But yes, I, I, I am aware that you used to do yeah. that. Yes. So, I mean, I would love that to come back. Like, imagine if Nuno took us all out for a curry. Oh, he's taking us to Nando's, isn't he? That's as best as you're going to get, Portuguese-wise. Well, you know. Anywhere, anywhere, really. I mean, I'll just, t- I'll just take free yeah, food. Yeah, nice. I knew just, just, just trying to pay for a meal. meal. That's great. To be honest with you. <laughs> uh, Jackie says, uh, as Cody should be back available on Sunday, should Nuno continue with four at the back or return to three, uh, as has been the formation since Nuno arrived at Wolves? Um, like I said earlier, uh, it's given them an option. And I like the idea now that Arsenal might be looking at it and not knowing what Wolves are going to do. 
you know, four back did. I thought that, like I say, I thought they did really well on Monday night, especially because they didn't have a huge amount of time to work on it. But Wolves' success over the last couple of years has been built on three at the back. So let's see what they do on Sunday. King Wolf says, so Mikey Burrows, who's more annoying, Nathan Judah, Joe Edwards or Tim Spears? Uh, absolutely Nathan Judah. Uh, <laughs> wow, absolutely astonishing. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, no, you're all good guys. Uh, the one the one thing that's um, a shame at the minute is that um, there's no press room, so we don't get to kind of hang out together really before we the game. No. So you guys get to sit relatively near each other, whereas being doing the radio, I'm on the generally the other side of the press box to all you guys so it's kind of just waving as we as we go in it's the it's the it's the old social distance wave it is yeah. mate it is and uh but you know hopefully hopefully that'll be back to back to normal in a in a two or three months fingers crossed maybe a couple of months uh david evans david evans says uh of course uh infamous uh ex-presenter of the wolves fan cast now who's uh retiring and has got some other great podcasts that you can listen to uh are you as you're both wrestling nerds i did actually watch survivor series david on uh, on sunday night seeing as i had monday off uh please can you give me what finishes wolves players would have and what would they be called cody would definitely have to have the code breaker surely uh, yeah maybe um i just thinking as you were saying that on Adama Traore is a bit of a Brock Lesnar type I was gonna say f5 for yeah, Adama um would probably work pretty well um yeah he could actually go straight into WWE couldn't he if he didn't you know if he didn't kick another ball again Vince would sign him I mean, up that, in an instant that guy could do any sorts of sporting things I think absolutely yeah yeah he could NFL running back 100% um uh he could do uh, a bodybuilder Ping pong, bit of table I was just tennis. For where you were going to go, because you'd gone NFL and bodybuilder. So it was like, what are the sports that are, that are first and foremost in the mind of Nathan Judah? NFL, bodybuilder, and ping pong. Uh, air hockey. Is, is air hockey a sport? Oh dear. Uh, I'm sure so. Beer pong's a sport somewhere. If it's mate. in Come an on. amusements uh, at the beach, I don't yes. think it counts as a sport. Well, what about? Uh, what about that bloody show that everybody loves on ITV? That's in the, that's on the beach. That's an arcade game. What show are you talking about? The disc with the disc thing that you drop the ball and the discs come and they move forward and then you get the discs for fifty quid each. Ben Shepherd oh, presents yeah. it on ITV. No, yeah, that, but that's not a sport. Yeah, it's How a sport, that a sport, mate. It's a sport. <laughs> it's a sport. <laughs> Imagine I mean, that at the Olympics. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. I'm a big chubby guy, but even I'm not claiming that sport. Darts a sport? Um, it's a kind of a pub game. Chess a sport? Mm, not really. Oh, interesting. There'll be a few, there'll be a few boffins uh, right into the podcast uh, complaining about that. I think Gary Kasparov he's is on the phone. The Express and uh, Star. N- N- Nigel Short, mate, is uh, giving he's us a shout as well. Express and Star and not necessarily uh, Mikey Rose or Wolves <laughs> TV. Uh, question for Mikey from Reggie uh, without doubt one of the greatest commentaries of all time was the match beat Cardiff last season but season before last two penalties in the dying minutes can Mikey somehow explain his emotions and what commentating was like in those moments I mean we kind of talked about it in the last podcast uh, Mikey and I played that in full because it is one of the one of the most legendary pieces of, of commentary ever but um, yeah just just maybe just a, a little summary of what was going through your head at that time and like you say sometimes nothing goes through it's just say um, what you see thank you for the question and thank you um, for your comments on it as well obviously um, it, I think I said to you last time like I had to go home after the game we were supposed to have a night out in Cardiff afterwards and I was so physically and emotionally spent that I yeah. just said to the boys, I've, I've got to go home. I, I, I can't I can't have a night out and, and do anything else. Um, it, like I said to you right at the start of this, like I don't pre-plan anything. You live by what you see in front of you. And I think not just for me, but for a lot of people that were there that night or watched it that night, um, it will go down long in the memory. And those are the memories that um, you should cherish. You should have come with us, mate, to a, a Radisson nearby. And we didn't have a hotel room. I don't think me and Spears and rocked up and 
two burly guys at like 11 o'clock at night um, and uh, said, uh, have you got a room for Sorry, tonight? Sorry, were you the burly guys? It was a little bit uneasy. Were the burly guys in the door? Yeah, we the burly guys, mate. We were the burly guys. Because we had to do a podcast at the end of that night. Uh, back in the day when we were, we were recording, um, you know, special circumstances for one of those great games. Um, and uh, he kind of looked at us a bit uneasy and gave us the room and then gave me a room key and uh, and then a phone down saying, have you got wine? Have you got food? And he must have thought there was something, uh, some sort of bonga bonga party going on upstairs. But uh, alas, it was just it was just me, him and a, and a microphone that uh, looks slightly phallic shaped. Uh, if anyone's seen the old, uh, the old blue yetis. But anyway, hey ho, hey ho. Um, <laughs> right, moving on. Uh, I'm I'm so sorry to this person. So I said Dean eighty uh, last time, but it's not. It's Deanne. Uh, it's a lovely lady. So she said, um, "What's the one position in today's team you think we are lacking expertise in, and who from the past would slot into that position?" My name is pronounced Deanne and not Dean, like you said last time. Apologies, okay, right. Deanne. Okay, right. Show yeah, some sorry. respect to Deanne. Um, yeah, go on, Deanne. I I don't necessarily think they're lacking expertise in any position. Like I said earlier, I really like the squad. Um, they're obviously young in in some aspects, um, but I really like them. And I th- if you talk about a player that uh, in the past that I think would just go in and do a really good job, um, I think I said on one of our shows we did before that um, when we had him on, actually, Julian Lescott, I think, would, would have been an unbelievable player in the way that this team plays. So that's my answer. Yeah, good shout. Mm, da, 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 da. David Elton says um, with Ruddy likely to leave at the end of the season when his contract is up do you think um, that uh, there's a need for another older keeper with Premier League experience and quite vocal or my choice would be Joe Hart is if he doesn't extend his stay at Spurs so would you go with you know someone who's got more experience Joe if John Ruddy you know, decides not to stay on and they don't offer him a contract or would you say that um, that he might go with a, a young buck I mean I know this sound a lad from Villa who's on, on loan at Shrew Shrewsbury, but got is in, but is injured. Um, Harry Burgoyne now, of course, is in goal for them. So, um, do you, which way do you think they'll go? By the way, I don't know if you heard John Ruddy the other night. Uh, Connor Cody was obviously watching from the executive box, but John Ruddy was bellowing messages out uh, onto the pitch of the night, which uh, which was quite interesting I to hear. I, 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 yeah, he's a great I guy. Someone the other day, I think um, the contribution he made in the promotion season doesn't get enough credit. In my view, uh, he and Will Norris, obviously, because Will played in the cup games, um, that was a record got clean sheets total for Wolves in all Wolves history. 28 mm. clean sheets in the season, five wow. of which obviously were Norris. Um, you know, that to me, I mean, I think pretty sure John was in the PFA team of the year, um, you know, championship goalkeeper of the year, Golden Glove, all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, I think he's, his contribution on the pitch in that season doesn't get enough credit. I think his contribution mm-hmm. off the pitch, like you say, you know, the the way he has adapted his role and the support that he offers is absolutely superb. Um, so I, I will not have a bad word said against John Ruddy by anybody. I, I think he's a great guy. Um, I don't know him that well. I'm not. It's not because it, I'm pals with him or anything. You know, he's a nice guy. But I think he he's been a very very good addition and a very big part mm-hmm. of what Wolves have done. Absolutely. Um, in terms of an experienced goalkeeper or not, who knows, mate? Who knows? Like, Rui Patricio is Wolves number one at the minute, and I mm-hmm. think he's playing pretty well. And he's still got a yeah, number of good years left in him. Um, as you mentioned, Matthias Sarkic came in in the summer and went out to Shrewsbury. Andreas Sondergaard has done pretty well for the under-23s, and he's a, an up-and-coming goalkeeper. So... We we'll wait and see what what their plan is in in anything really in transfer wise. Uh, well, I mean, I know you can't add too much about this as well, so I'll, I'll, I'll kind of keep it quick. Uh, Matthew Bollas says, uh, "DC is strengthening in January window, uh, and also will Traore sign that deal? Two players I'd love to see us go after is Giroud and Balotti." as I believe we need at least minimal Europa League football for next season to fend off the so-called bigger clubs from our um, players. In terms of Adama, I don't know. I'm not privy to any of this kind of stuff. It's not my place to comment on any of that. Um, in terms of them strengthening in January, maybe. You know, the, the, the process is always there, that they are always looking to try and improve. And if things became available that they wanted to do, I'm sure they would. Um, whether they will... Again, who knows? We'll just have to wait and see on that. 
Yeah. Um, Zach Holloway says, uh, how did Mikey get the Wolves commentator uh, job? Being in the right place at the right time. Um, I, <laughs> I say I started off, I was commentating on MK Dons and I had already moved to start reading the news on Beacon. And I start, and then um, we stopped covering MK Dons. So I joined kind of the commentary team from there and I was doing Wolves and um, unfortunately, you know, Albion and Blues and Villa and even Coventry recovered at the time and did a bit of Telford actually on, on Beacon, did a few Telford commentaries back in the day. Um, and after a couple of years, uh, Beacon became free radio and stopped doing every game and the club needed someone to do the get every game. Um, so I was fortunate enough, uh, a guy called Paul Berry that I know you know really well, um, Besmeister, the man responsible. So everybody should blame him for the fact that I'm now doing what I'm doing. <laughs> Finally, Trevor Hickman uh, to finish off before we look at Arsenal. Uh, wouldn't this have been a great time to redevelop Molyneux while there's no fans around? Says Trevor. Um, uh, maybe. I'd, 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 in hindsight, maybe, but they would probably have to know about the pandemic well, two yeah. years in advance I mean, to get any I, kind I, of work I have done. No idea whatsoever about what kind of things have to go into that process. Like, I'm not the guy to ask about planning permissions and building and whatnot. What I would say about this is that um, everything that's gone on in the last couple of months, obviously th- there's not been no overall Premier League long-term plan. We didn't know when the games were going to come back. We didn't know when fans sure. might be able to come back. Obviously, there was some talk a while back, wasn't there, that you know it could have been towards the start of the season – even now, we don't know when people would be allowed back in and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it, like in anything with regards to the whole pandemic situation, we just have to let it ride its course, listen to the people that are telling us the right things, listen to those experts, trust in the people. I really want to give a massive shout out to the doc, Matt Perry, and all the operations team at Wolves who've done an incredible job in making sure that everything is as COVID secure as it possibly can be, looking after the players, yeah. also looking yeah. after us. You know, when I have to go in sometimes in the week or when we're there on a match day, everything is absolutely top level. So massive shout out to all of them. Excellent. Right, Mikey, Sunday night football, trip to London, trip to the tier two that is North London uh, for Arsenal against Wolves at a ridiculous time on a Sunday night, but you shall be there. Um, look, at Arsenal, as we know, not performing quite as they would hope, I'm sure as the fans hope. Uh, game against Leeds, 0-0, which they're quite... I mean, I think Leeds were the better side. I don't know if you watched that game or not, but they were unlucky not to not to win that game, Leeds, and, and of course, stuffed, stuffed by Villa at home, uh, which wouldn't have pleased uh, the Gunners. But they've got some fantastic players, and I think like, like any game... And you take it game by game, like you've said, um, Mikey, Wolves will be underdogs going to this game, but this is very winnable if they play to the standard that they are capable um, of. Yeah, I, I don't think there's anything to disagree in there. I think, um, you know, Arsenal are one of those teams where they are traditionally part of the big six. They have an incredible amount of talented players. They actually surprised me a little bit when they came to Wolves back in the summer. Because they'd obviously under Arteta changed the way they played, and they they kind of did a lot of what Wolves have had success with in the last couple of years. Um, I th- mm-hmm. you know, these games are always difficult because, especially without a crowd, again, you know, you've got a crowd in there. Those, those dogs are loud. Those dogs are loud. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they love it, mate. The palms um, are ready, mate. Yeah, you know, I think this is the kind of match, though that I think Wolves enjoy. It's the kind of game, okay. you know, the last couple of times where we've been there, it's the one thing that actually away games without a crowd. Because this Wolves team yeah. is perfect to get the home crowd riled up. Sure, um, absolutely. You know when we went there a couple of, two seasons ago, I think Cavalero scored early. Yes, he did. I and, do remember that, yeah. Uh, Adama, I think, like at the end, they got a pretty fortunate equaliser. And Yeah, they should have like, won that game, of, shouldn't like, they? Breakaways where we just it was the first time mm-hmm. we'd really seen the idea of just launch it and let Traore just run past everybody. <laughs> yeah. um, and then last yeah. year, obviously Raul got a really good equaliser. Um, you know, kind of roles reversed a little bit in that game. 
Um, they've generally mm-hmm. the matches between them have been pretty interesting matchups. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it should be good, Mikey. Uh, can't wait, mate. Uh, Matt, I guess we look at the formation and look at the as we discussed earlier on. We just don't know what Nuno is going to play. Whether they go to back to a back three, where they they, they play for. I get can, can Connor Cody play in a Why in not? a back four? Why not? Yeah, I'm pretty Why? sure he did exactly, it I think, yeah. for Liverpool um, back when he was coming through. Um, he's an incredibly talented footballer. Absolutely, no doubt about it. Um, I think didn't they? Wasn't there one of the England games where someone got sent off and he ended up having to be in a back four? He there did. Either. He so, did. You know, yeah. that, that, that's why I said earlier. I'm, I'm enjoying the fact that you cannot predict what that starting lineup is going to be and the shape they're going to be in on Sunday. They know, obviously, but Arsenal don't, <laughs> and we don't. No, they don't. No, we don't. No, but if you can get that team news um, before the uh, fantasy deadline closes oh, mate, for transfers, that would be great. I would <laughs> be way better at fantasy if I was getting the, if I was getting that kind of stuff through there. I would not be down the bottom. I'll tell you, the only one I'm doing any good at is um, if yeah. we had a draft league. Okay, and nice. I'm, yeah. I'm much yeah. better in the draft than I am in, in general fantasy terms. The draft's way better, mate. The draft's proper. That's that's proper stuff. That, that's when you one need to really think, our, I think. In our draft one at the minute. Ooh. Ooh, uh, spicy. Spicy. Sayore and Saiz are my Wolves players. Okay, well, that's uh, slightly been disappointing this season so far. I was from pretty lucky to get Calvert-Lewin. Uh, that's what's done it for me. Oh, yeah. Calvert-Lewin, Bruno Fernandes, and uh, I've got Jota. Mm. So, had him originally, and then obviously it transferred yeah. over. Don't I've also got Helder Costa, podcast. so I didn't okay. produce any points last time out. But bloody hell, who else we got? I, Barry Douglas. Last year, last year I had <laughs> I Richard Stearman in my fancy. Did I, you? I, of course you did. did. Of course I you did. Never... And you wonder why you're struggling. Yeah, I'm, I'm all based on sentiment and nothing else. Excellent. Get, get, get Kevin McDonald back in that squad, mate. Um, Mike, it's been a pleasure, mate. Uh, I'm not going to put you on the spot and ask you for a, a scoreline because, uh, like you say, you, you don't know. Uh, but I'll, I'll have a prediction. I'm going to say it will be Arsenal 2, Wolverhampton Wanderers 2. I think it could be a cracking game. Um, Four-goal thriller. Um, and I shall be tuning in to your good self, uh, listening from home. And Mr Joe Edwards, who will be back from holiday, should be uh, at the Emirates on Sunday night. I've got to say, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's always a pleasure when you come on. And, uh, you know, this is the second time you come on, mate. And we really appreciate it. I think people listening to this this last hour oh, and wow, seven sorry. minutes um, hopefully have been thoroughly enriched uh, by your tales, your opinions, and generally just your professionalism, Mikey. I must say, in front, you know, on behalf of us all, we, we, we think you do a great job, you and Tomo. And uh, long may it continue, mate. And I shall see you back at Molyneux. Uh, well, I say, I say see you back among me for the Villa game. I will I'll be on oh, holiday, hopefully, if I can get away and out of this country. Yeah. Um, just a little holiday to St. Lucia, mate, hopefully. Yeah, but we'll see. We'll see. But I tell you what, mate, if, if I get to go, I'll send you a postcard and you know, I might send you a, a one-way ticket out with me. We'll, we'll, we'll do the next podcast from a, from a beach somewhere far, far, far away. left outside your house while you're away? Oh, my good God. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. Just take a picture and tweet it, mate. I'll get I'll get there quicker. Uh, cheers, mate. Appreciate it. From me, from Mikey, have a great one. Have a great weekend, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye.